Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and for tuning in. So this is a follow up to the women's wellness practice um, poll that we took, seeing, looking to see what you were hoping that I would discuss. And menstrual irregularities came out on top. Very close second was endometriosis. And we got an awful lot of um questions about menopause as well. So endometriosis and menopause is something that I will come back to. So I'm Leah Fitzgerald. I'm the clinical director of the Women's Wellness Practice and Fertility Health Clinic. You can find both these practices on our fertility website, which is www.fertilityhealthclinic.ie. Or you can email me on hello at fertilityhealthclinic.ie or give me a ring on the clinic mobile on 087-792-7192. And at the moment, of course, all consultations are going to be virtual. So before we start, it does need to be highlighted that any unexplained changes in your menstrual cycle, so any abnormal bleeding, if this bleeding is becoming heavier or lighter or if it's excessive bleeding and if your periods have become irregular, if they've become painful or if anything has happened that holds a surprise for you, this needs to be flagged with your GP. Okay, so any changes you need to flag straight away with your GP or with your GP as the first port of call. And that's because they need to rule in or rule out the need for medical attention. Okay, um, so menstrual disorders, there are so many menstrual irregularities, disorders, whichever you'd like to call them. There are, you have menorrhagia, you have metorrhagia, you have menometorrhagia, you have ugliomenorrhea, polymenorrhea, hypomenorrhea, amenorrhea, dysmenorrhea. <laughs> so the list goes on and on. Okay, and I'm just going to talk about one or two of them at the start. So menstrual disorders can include, as I said there, menorrhagia. Okay, this is um excessive bleeding so heavy bleeding a longer flow duration at regular intervals so there's no change to your 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 cycle as such with regards to length okay if on the other hand this prolonged and excessive uterine bleeding occurs irregularly and more frequently than normal this is menometrorrhagia and metorrhagia then is irregular periods okay so that's uh, that's without this heaviness Infrequent periods then is ugliomenorrhea, with hypomenorrhea being light periods of short duration and a cycle that's shorter than 21 days is your polymenorrhea. Dysmenorrhea then is painful periods and we see a lot of women with this and amenorrhea is an absence of periods and again we do see quite a number of women with that. So menstruation generally begins for girls in and around the age of 12 and this very first bleed is called menarche and for that first few years of menstruation it really isn't uncommon for the cycle to be you know a little irregular Uh, but it, it should settle down into one's own regular rhythm. Now your rhythm and my rhythm could be very different so for one woman's 26 day cycle might be normal for another woman a 35 day cycle might be normal and if that's always been your cycle then that's normal for you. So heavy menstrual bleeding is often reported by adolescents, you know, so research shows us that this can actually lead to poorer quality of life with regards to these adolescents and, you know, and their ability to fully participate in schoolwork and work itself if they're a little older, you know, and their athletic or social activities, etc. So we really do need to care for our young women and girls in this cohort and flag this as something that isn't the norm. It's not normal to have painful periods, you know, and it's, it may not be normal for you to have very heavy periods as well. 
So this is one of the instances that might require medical attention in case this female has an issue with anemia, especially when, you know, they're beginning their periods. We don't really have that history of their periods to look back on to see what is or isn't normal. So so therapy then after that for them would either be medically led or if this is deemed unnecessary, it can be led by your functional medicine team. So the likes of the women's wellness practice. So then we get into our rhythm and over the years or often, you know, almost straight away, we can come across menstrual disorders. So for some reason, you're not coming through this stage of life very well with regards to your periods. Okay. So what can we do to help overcome these menstrual disorders? Well, this is very much a how long is a piece of string type question, because, of course, there are so many variables such as how old is the female? Is she perimenopausal or in the opposite cohort that we just spoke about or is she somewhere in the middle? Has she had a child recently? Does she suffer with other gynae related issues such as endometriosis or fibroids, um, which, you know, these can cause excessive bleeding or longer blood flow or painful bleeding? Fundamentally, to help manage the disorder, I do need to know what's going on with them. And this is where I need to now very briefly introduce you to the wonderful world of functional medicine, because once you understand how we work, it's very easy then for you to see, you know, how we might help you. And it'll help you understand why we get such amazing results. But I'll be very brief about functional medicine. So it's a specific modality. There are only a couple of handfuls of IFM, Institute of Functional Medicine, listed practitioners in Ireland. And functional medicine practitioners, we fall very neatly between orthodox medicine and complementary medicine. So for most of us, we're not GPs. There are some, but most of us are not GPs, but neither are we alternative medicine practitioners. We're in the middle. So we work with science-based protocols. We use science-based laboratory testing, but we use nutrition and lifestyle guidance guidelines as our medicine. Okay. And functional medicine practitioners like myself, we dive really deep into your history and the biochemistry, the chemical processes and ask, why are you ill? Why are you functioning suboptimally? Why are you having these symptoms of menstrual irregularities or whatever the case is that you're coming in with? And it's not a case that one condition you know, has one outcome for the person or that the therapy, the intervention is the same because for a functional medicine practitioner, the one condition, that name of, a, of an illness that you have or a disorder that you have, there are so there can be so many causes for that. OK, so we look at we work under the ethos of what's called systems biology. And this is where we focus on the complex interactions within the many biological systems within the body. And there are seven core systems. So, for example, you might come into me for menstrual irregularities and go out the door on your first meeting with part one of a program that's generally um, gut related. And you're like, hang on, Leah, what's the link between my gut and my period problems? And the link is actually very clear. And um, we look at it a little bit later, I think. But um, so. I don't hold focus on this is a, a reproductive endocrine problem. Here is a magic, you know, intervention protocol for that. No, we have to look at the body as a whole and look at what interacts with and causes problems for your hormones. And one place that we can get problems for our hormones is in the bowel. Um, or we also need to make sure the liver is doing well and immune function, because all of these impact how well we make and uh, communicate with our hormones. So here and now, I obviously don't know the medical history of any of you who are listening, okay, who have menstrual issues. But either way, I would likely be putting you on a hormone health program to begin with. So that's what we're going to look at here. So first off, I want you to ask yourself a few questions. Okay, is your life busy? 
Are you stressed? Ask these to yourself. Am I stressed? Do I have a range of people demanding something from me, such as family members, dependents, work colleagues, etc.? Or do I consider myself to be in a very zen-like state with low, little or no external or internal stressors? You know, do I have any ongoing unresolved inflammatory issues or infections? Do I have a high sugar diet, high fat, high Western style diet? Now, if you answered yes to any one of the above, bar the Zen-like state one, then first off, this needs to be handled because anything that stresses the body will, in time, negatively influence hormone health. And hormone health is something that we do need to optimise in order to manage your menstrual disorders. Think of the word balance and work from there. So a balanced diet, a balance between rest and activity, a balance between work and home life and a balance between me time, time for you and the time that you allow others demand from you. I'm sure you're really getting the picture now where I'm going with this. And remember, the idea is to begin with hormone balance. And because even the smallest hormonal imbalance, where there's either too much or too little of a hormone in the bloodstream, stream can cause side effects throughout the body, driving your menstrual, ir- menstrual irregularities and, of course, any gynae disorders and fertility as well. So these imbalances can be caused by the lifestyles described above, by inflammation, by infection, by insulin imbalance from a bad diet and so many other things. OK, and, you know, least we forget imbalances can really make us feel like rubbish. So if you're feeling like rubbish, if you feel your hormone imbalanced, but, you know, you've been tested and everything's coming back normal, but you still feel like rubbish, you are probably correct. There's probably an imbalance there that's nothing to be clinically diagnosed as such, which means that you're, you know, coming out of your GP or a medical consultant and you're saying, right, OK, there's nothing that needs medical attention, but I still don't feel right. Um. You know, even that small hormonal imbalance can make you feel rubbish. So like high or low estrogen can not only cause an absence or irregular periods, but vaginal dryness, severe PMS or PMDD and higher low progesterone can cause abnormal uterine bleeding or a lack of ovulation and so much more. So the bloating, etc. So there's so much that can be going on because of a very small imbalance. And my job is to find out why that imbalance is there. So in clinic. When I work with clients, I work on a six pronged approach to good hormone health. Number one on that pronged approach is to um, minimize what are called endocrine disruptors. OK, so these are things that disrupt our endocrine functioning and the ability of our our um, hormones to properly sit into our cells to help those cells work. The next thing we do is we support gut health. Then we support liver health, immune health. Then we balance insulin and blood glucose levels. And then number six, we help manage stress. Now, once you put all of that in place, you have a very strong hormone health program. So why gut health? Let's go back to that because I did mention it earlier. Well, for optimal gynae and reproductive health, we require the proper cellular function and structure of our hormones, of course, and our egg, our ovum and uterine lining, the whole lot. And all of this is dependent on the biochemical components that we receive from our food. You can't build the building blocks of life without giving it blocks. And the blocks here are components from food. So and the ability of our digestive tract to release these components from our food is vital. So if you have a compromised digestion, you know that you're you're compromising the ability to get your hands on these biochemical components from your food, which means compromised hormone function and structure. 
A sluggish bowel actually can also lead to um, reabsorption of oestrogen in a neurotoxic form because bacteria in the gut untie oestrogen from its carrier. And this can drive hormone imbalances as well and negative symptoms such as PMS. Um, so, so that will give you an idea of why gut health is important. But what about number five? What about balancing insulin and blood glucose? That's really, really important. Well, balancing blood glucose levels may be a vital step for you because of the effects of insulin on hormones. And what's interesting here is that it isn't just carbohydrates and sugar that elevate blood glucose levels because stress, number six, does that too. Because during stress, we release a hormone called cortisol. And one role of cortisol is to release stored sugar. So if you're stressed and eating sugar, or if you're just stressed, you're still releasing sugar. So what does the body do when all the sugar is in our blood and blood glucose levels are high? It releases insulin, which is a hormone that affects your sex hormone health and our ability to transport sex hormones around the body. I won't go into the hows and wheres about it, but just, you know, that is what, what can happen. So as a consequence, insulin can therefore compromise oestrogen elimination, okay? And it can compromise the ability to carry oestrogen and testosterone around the body to target cells. So a high fat diet, a high sugar diet and a stressful lifestyle or digestive upsets, etc. is the perfect environment to cause hormonal havoc and all because of the foods we've eaten and the stress we encounter. And talking of stress, actually, you know, stress has does so many things to us. But did you know that during the stress response, the central nervous system functions to inhibit what are called vegetative functions and reproduction is a vegetative function. So the reproductive system is downgraded, which isn't great for our hormone balance and regulating your periods, as you can imagine. So let's recap on what you can do today to help manage menstrual irregularities. First off, get started on balancing your diet. That means cutting down on refined and processed foods and eating a rainbow of vegetables and fruit. Go easy on the fruit because there's a high um, sugar content. So you'd be looking at kind of six, seven, eight portions of vegetables and up to two, three max of fruit per day. Look at your lifestyle and stressors and see where you can make changes to support a healthier lifestyle and a less stressful existence. Get a good handle on any ongoing inflammation or infections. This is key because these are stressors to your body and the physiological response to these types of stressors is no different to the response to stress that you would experience uh, under you know, work demands or anything that's stressing you mentally. And then finally, get to work optimizing gut health and minimizing the effects of insulin and elevated blood glucose levels. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and please don't hesitate to contact us in clinic and to enroll in our 90 days to menstrual wellness program. And in the meantime, stay safe and stay happy. And thank you so much for listening. Take care from Leah. Bye bye.